Bible, go to Mark chapter 6. We're starting in verse 45 this morning and uh, go on down through verse 56 um, through the end of chapter 6. And as I said earlier, this is a familiar story to us, another familiar passage. Um, and not just a, a miracle. And, and so oftentimes in the Bible, you'll see um, Jesus' miracles, not, not called miracles, but called signs, because they're, they're, they're never performed just for the sake of, of performing a cool supernatural magic trick. They are always pointing to the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. And so what we're going to see is, is an opportunity, another opportunity for the disciples to come to know Jesus as the Messiah. And, and I'll go ahead and give you kind of the, the, the spoil to the story here that, that they missed that opportunity again. Okay, now you're going to see that as a pattern. If you haven't already uh, picked up on that throughout the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is, is constantly doing these things that show that he's the Messiah and his disciples consistently miss that truth. And so I wonder if, if sometimes we see some of that in ourselves as we look at the disciples, if we see some of their uh, lack of faith. And also be, be encouraged. So, so know that, that if you wrestle sometimes with a lack of faith, that you're in good company and Jesus still uses you. He doesn't just disregard you because you lack faith in him at times as a follower of Christ. In fact, we're going to see that uh, very clearly toward the end of our passage this morning, that, that Jesus continues to work with and show himself to his disciples that, that miss that, uh, miss who he is. And so, uh, if you will stand with me this morning as we read Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 45 and going down through verse 56. The word of the Lord says, Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, to Bethsaida, where he dismissed the crowd. After he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountain to pray. And well into the night, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. He saw them straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And very early in the morning, he came toward them walking on the sea and wanted to pass by them. When they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out because they, because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke with them and said, have courage. It is I, do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased. They were completely astounded because they had not understood about the loaves. Instead, their hearts were hardened. Verse 53, when they had crossed over, they came to the shore at Gennesaret and anchored there. As they got out of the boat, people immediately recognized him. They hurried through that region and began to carry the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he went, into villages, towns, or the country... They laid the sick in the marketplace and begged him that they might touch just the end of his robe, and everyone who touched it was healed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word to us, and pray that you will speak 
powerfully as we look at this familiar story. And yet I pray that just because it's, it's a story that we know, we wouldn't become complacent. We come this morning praying you would open our hearts, our minds, our eyes to see what you have to say to us. May, may we have ears to hear the word of the Lord this morning. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can have a seat. So our, our big idea for the, for the morning, each, each week we, we have kind of one big idea that will describe where, where we're going. Uh, the big idea for this morning is simply this. We can trust Jesus even when we don't understand what he's doing around us. Okay, we can trust Jesus even when we don't understand what he's doing around us. You know, maybe in, in these days especially, you're, you look around at the chaos in the world around us and, and you say, I don't know what God is doing. I don't, I don't see how he's working. But as, as we've gone through experiencing God on Wednesday nights, the, the fun, uh, fundamental, foundational truth of experiencing God is that God is always at work in the world around you. That means whether we can see it or not, he's at work in the world around us. That means whether we know what he's doing or not, he is at work in the world around us. What we're going to see this morning is we can trust Jesus even when, maybe you might even say especially when, we don't understand what he's doing around us. The first thing we're going to see is that uh, Jesus can be trusted when we are afraid. Now, now last week we looked at, at, at an incredible miracle. Jesus feeding 5,000 out of, out of five loaves and two fish. And then the disciples going through and collecting 12 baskets full of pieces of bread and fish after everyone had eaten their fill. Now, like so many other of the... Uh, passages that we've seen in the miracles of Jesus, you'd, you'd think that eventually, like, it would click with the disciples, right? That, I mean, this, this, he, Jesus keeps telling us that, that he's the one sent from God. Maybe, like, we, we should believe him. And yet, as we, we see here this morning, the disciples tended to have hard hearts. And they tended to have a lack of faith when it came to believing Jesus. In John chapter 6, at the end of the, the passage about Jesus feeding the 5,000, we're, we're told that the people tried to force Jesus to become king. And so Jesus and his disciples retreat from that. In fact, a couple of times throughout the Gospels, we, we see that. We see the people trying to force Jesus to become king. They want to they take him right to Jerusalem kick Herod out and, and, and have him reestablish the, the physical kingdom of, of Israel. And that's not why he's come. And so Jesus, to, to avoid temptation completely, when, when, when those moments come, we see him actually retreating with his disciples, walk, walking away from those who would want to make him king. And so in our passage today, we're told immediately, as soon as, as, soon as that's done, they, they get in the boat. And the disciples go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And then we're told after he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountain to pray. 
So Jesus sends his disciples on ahead while he stays back to spend time with the Father. And we're not, we're not giving any details about what Jesus told them about if he said, hey, you know, you guys go ahead and I'll meet you on the other side. And if they, they, what they thought, maybe they thought Jesus had another boat. But, but at any rate, they, they go, they obey, they get in the boat, they start heading to the other side and Jesus gets alone with the Father. One of the things that we'll see throughout the Gospels is that as Jesus' ministry increases and as his popularity increases, he increasingly gets away to be alone with the Father. Now, how often do we say, well, you know, I sure would like to spend more time with God, but, but man, life is just so busy. There's just, there's just so many things vying for my time that it's, it's hard to carve that out. And, and ironically, what we see in Jesus' life is that as things got busier, he spent more time with the Father. And, and listen, I, just, I dare say that if Jesus needed that, you and I probably need it even more. If, if Jesus needed to make that a priority in the middle of a busy schedule, I, I, dare, I dare say that we do even more. And they were told, well into the night, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Now, we, we've talked before about the, the Sea of Galilee, which is actually just a big lake that was about 13, 14 miles across. So they've been gone for several hours, and they're in the middle of the sea, and Verse 48, we're given another small miracle here that Jesus sees them way out in the middle of the lake. In the middle of the night, it says he sees them straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Very early in the morning. So now we're talking uh, probably between 3 and 6 a.m. They've been straining because of the wind all night long. They're tired. They're scared. Very early in the morning, he came toward them walking on the sea and wanted to pass them by. Now, there are two big things that, that are taking place right here in this sentence. Where it says he came toward them walking on the sea and wanted to pass them by. We, as the readers, are clued in to, to, to two things here that, that Jesus is showing to us and, and primarily showing to his disciples in this moment. He walks out to them on the water. Job chapter 9, verse 8 in the Old Testament says this is something that only God does. This is Job 9.8, speaking about God Almighty, says he stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. So here Jesus is doing something the Old Testament tells us only God Almighty can do, and that is walk across the water. I don't recommend that you go try that. It's not going to work out very well for you. And then we're told that he wanted to pass them by. Now, this is an odd statement. He saw them straining at the, at the oars and, 
And, and it almost seems like here he's, he just intends to walk right by. I mean, you know, hey, guys, how's it going? It looks like y'all are having a hard time. Well, see you later. All right, if we're, if we're not careful, that's what, it can, that's what it sounds like. But even in this, we, we see a glimpse of Jesus as God Almighty, as, as the Son of God. Because in Exodus 33, we're given a story where Moses asked God if he could see his glory. Moses said to God, let me, let me see your glory. And the Lord says in Exodus 33, verses 18, then 21 through 23, then Moses said, please let me see your glory. The Lord said, here is a place near me You are to stand on the rock, and when my glory passes by, I will put you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away, and you will see my back, but my face will not be seen. So here we have Jesus walking on the water, doing something only God can do, and saying he intended to pass them by, much in the same way that the Lord passed by Moses in the cleft of the rock. Not because he didn't care about Moses, not because he just, he just wanted to uh, avoid Moses, but in order that Moses might see his glory. And that's the same language we have here in Mark chapter 6. Jesus walking on the water, wanting to pass by the disciples that they might see his glory. They might know who he is. We have another Example of this, and this is not on your screen. You can jot this down if you'd like. In 1 Kings 19, 11, where the Lord says to Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. Then we're told at that moment, the Lord passed by. So Jesus is wanting to show his disciples very clearly that he is God. He wants them to to come to know who he is. And yet, what we see is because of their fear. Verse 49, when they saw him walking on the sea and uh, he wanted to pass them by. When they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Because of their fear, the disciples miss what Jesus was trying to show them. And yet, look at how he responds to them. Immediately, in verse 50, immediately he spoke with them and said, Have courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Now, in the Christian Standard Bible, that, that, that little, there's, there's a phrase there that's translated, it is I. What Jesus actually said there in the Greek is, have courage, I am. Don't be afraid. Now, that's important for us because if you go back to Exodus chapter 3, I am is the name that God gave to Moses. When when Moses has the burning bush experience and and God uh, is sending him to the children of Israel in Egypt, 
God, God tells Moses, I want you to go back and you're going to free my people. Uh, one of the questions, as Moses is trying to, to wiggle his way out of this, um, Lord, I don't, I don't speak good. That's fine. I'm going to give you the words to speak. Well, let's say, let's say I go to them, Lord, and, and, and they ask me, who's this God that has spoken to you? What am I supposed to say to them? God tells Moses there, you tell them, my name is I am that I am. You, you go and tell them I am has spoken to you. And here in Mark chapter 6, as Jesus is walking on the water, which only God can do, and as he intends to pass them by so that they might see his glory in, in such a way that uh, they would recall to their mind what God did for Moses and Elijah in the Old Testament, when they cry out in fear, Jesus says, don't be afraid, I am. Even as they're missing the point of what Jesus is trying to tell them, he continues to reveal himself to them. In verse 51, he says, Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. They were completely astounded. Now, they've been shocked by Jesus before. Remember when he was asleep in the boat and the storm was raging in the sea and he stands up and says, peace be still. Everything calms down and we're told that they look at each other and, and the question they ask then is, who is this man? And here we have Jesus answering that question they asked, who, who is this? The answer is Jesus is the great I am. He is God Almighty. Now, and we're not told this in Mark, but in Matthew chapter 14, we know that, that, that Peter called out to Jesus and said, uh, Jesus, if that's really you, let me come out to you. And Jesus essentially says, all right, come on. Peter gets out of the boat, starts walking to Jesus, and as long as he keeps his eyes on Jesus, everything's fine. As soon as he realizes what he's doing, if, you, if you've ever, and I imagine it's like a baby. If you've ever seen a baby that starts to walk, and then you can you like see it click in their mind what's happening and they just immediately like sit down. Like, whoa, this is, this is not supposed to happen. That's kind of how I imagine it ha with Peter. Like, like he just gets out of the boat and starts walking to Jesus. And then all of a sudden he's, he's like out on the waves and it's like, whoa. Said so he started to sink. Now Peter really gets a bad rap there. We, 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 like to, we like to give Peter a hard time about, oh man, I can't believe he took his eyes off Jesus and he started sinking. But, but, but keep in mind, the other 11 disciples didn't even get out of the boat. In fact, here we're told, the end of verse 51, they were completely astounded. Verse 52, because they had not understood about the loaves, instead... Their hearts were hardened. Now keep in mind who this is being said about. This is, this is being said about the disciples who've left everything to follow after Jesus. And even they had times where their hearts were hardened. And so let me just tell you, folks, we, we as followers of Christ can still fall into this trap today. We can still have hardened hearts. But we see here how Jesus responds 
to even his followers when they have a lack of faith. He didn't lecture them. He didn't yell at them from, from 20 feet away out on the water. Instead, he gets into the boat with them. And the wind ceased. See, they missed the point. They missed the point a lot. And, and they're not done. They're going to continue to miss the point. They're going to continue to miss who Jesus is. But notice that Jesus continues to have compassion on them. Last week we saw in, in Mark chapter 6, verse 34, that when Jesus looked at the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Could it be that sometimes when he looked at his own disciples, that's what he saw, and his reaction is the same? He didn't lecture them, he wasn't angry with them. He had compassion on them because they, at times, were like sheep without a shepherd. Their hearts were hardened. And he continues revealing himself to them. In fact, we see this as soon as he gets on the shore. And so we, we, we just saw we can have, uh, we, Jesus can be trusted when we are afraid. And, and, and now we see that Jesus can be trusted when we are ailing. This is what we see in verse 53. When they had crossed over, they came to the shore at Gennesaret. So they come to a town and they anchored there. As they got out of the boat, people immediately recognized him. They hurried throughout that region and began to carry the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he went, into villages, towns, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that he might touch just the, that they might touch just the end of his robe. And everyone who touched it was healed. See, even though the disciples had missed it, Jesus wasn't through showing them who he was. And, and even though many people had turned away from Jesus, he wasn't through having compassion on the crowds and healing them. And, and the way this, this passage is laid out is that this happens over a period of time. So Jesus didn't just pass through and, and heal people. He stayed and he showed compassion, healing sicknesses. Not just for the sake of restoring people physically, but so they might be restored spiritually. And much like the woman with an issue of bleeding back in chapter 5, we see people coming to Jesus, having faith that He can heal them and even touching the end of his robe, not because his clothes were somehow magical, but because they had faith that they would be healed if they could just touch his robe. Folks, listen to me. The same is true of us. If we trust, he will save us. Got to experience that Monday night, or excuse me, Wednesday night with Matt. Somebody had grown up in church, and I'll let him share his testimony sometime. I don't want to steal his thunder, but grown up in church, grown up around the things of God, 
never trusted in Christ. I've shared with, with you before, that's one of my biggest fears as a pastor is that there will be people in churches, people in the church that, that I lead, that have been around the things of God their entire lives, but have never trusted in Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you, you feel like maybe your faith is, you're struggling in, in faith as we continue to go through these uh, really unusual days. And, and, and unusual days that are not getting back to usual anytime soon. So if you find yourself struggling in, in your faith and and trusting in God and seeing what he's doing in, in the middle of these days, take heart. You're in good company when it comes to not understanding what Jesus is doing. But, oh, friends, believe that he's at work, that he's still bringing sinners from death to life through the gospel. Remember this, we can trust Jesus even when we don't understand what he's doing around us. Even when we've missed some of it, we can trust him. Because he's not through showing himself to us. He's not through showing his love, his mercy, his compassion, his grace to us. Maybe you're here this morning in, in this room or watching online and you've never trusted in Jesus. You can do that this morning. In fact, these are the, these are the very words that I... I led Matt through on, on Wednesday nights. No magic formula here. No, no spiritual pixie dust. These are, these are just some words to help you frame what it looks like to, to pray and ask Jesus to be your Savior. Simply this, my life is broken. I realize it's because of my sin I need you. I believe Christ came to live die and was raised from the dead to rescue me from my sin. Forgive me. I turn from my selfish ways and put my trust in you. I know that Jesus is Lord of all and I will follow him. If you're in this room and you prayed that for the first time, I'd love to visit with you. We're going to stand and sing in just a moment. You can come down and I'd love to pray with you here at the, at the altar. You can catch me at the back and say, hey, I have some questions about that. If you're watching us online, there's a, there's a number on the screen right there, 575-446-3663. You can call or text that number and we'll get back with you this week. Maybe you're here and you've, you've been a follower of Christ for a long time. You just feel your, some ways that your heart has been hardened against the, the things of God and maybe some, some confusion has set in. Maybe even, dare I say, like the disciples, fear has set in. Let me encourage you to take heart. The same Christ who walked on the water and healed the sick is the same Christ whom we serve. And he is no less powerful today than he was then. He still saves. He's still in control. Be encouraged. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to gather and to open up your word and that you would continually remind us who you are and who we are. I pray we would never take our relationship with you for granted, but that we would continually be growing in our faith and in our knowledge of who you are. We would be continually growing in our trust of you. Even when we don't exactly understand how how things are happening and why they're happening. May we be people who catch a glimpse of your glory and trust in you, the great I am, the one who walks on water, the one who heals the sick, the one who still saves sinners. Give us the faith, give us the the boldness to share that message with those we come in contact with. I thank you for saving Matt on Wednesday night. Look forward to getting to celebrate with him and with the church body and baptism here soon. Let's pray you'll keep saving. We thank you that we get to be a part of that here at FBC. We ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.